Dateline Melbourne, June 14th, 2009. Hang on, wait a minute. It's Dateline Melbourne, June 4th, 2012. We must be in the Wayback Machine, Grant. Oh, not again. It's getting kind of dizzy back here in the Wayback Machine. Hey, g'day, folks, and welcome to Australia Desk number 146. Yay! Well, that's pretty significant, Grant. I think it's quite a significant episode that we've done 146 Australia Desks. Oh, mate, we rock. 146. Cool. Cool. Okay, nothing else to see here. Let's welcome a guest this week because here at Playing Crazy Down Under Incorporated, we have a team. It's not just us and David. That's right. There's quite a few of us in Team PCDU these days, but uh, here's one of the ones who's been around for quite a while. It's ATC Ben. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hey, Ben, uh, last time you were on the Australia desk, you were acting as our designated microphone holder standing out there on the ramp at uh, Tyab Airport. That's right. I've, I've actually stuck myself behind the microphone this time, so this is quite a dangerous thing you've done here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, people who uh, don't know who ATC Ben is, we call him ATC Ben because why? I tell aeroplanes where to go yes. in the uh, nicest possible sense. That's right. You're an air traffic controller here in Melbourne. So uh, I tell you what, um, we can talk all about air traffic control, but uh, you know, there's no stories on our planning screen today to do with air traffic control. So uh, either you're not doing your job well enough or you're doing it too well. Your choice. I'd like to take the uh, the latter. Uh, <laughs> well, keep, keeping myself out of the press is a, is a good day at the office, I think. Well, mate, uh, something that did happen in uh, last week's episode was that we were talking about our time at the 787. Where were you, mate? I was at work. I did get to see the 787, but just as a blip going across the screen. And a did, very fast-moving blip. It was. It was uh, doing quite well against uh, the domestic traffic. Now, I believe that uh, it had quite a unique call sign that would uh, have left no doubt to any air traffic controller as to which aircraft it was. Yes, uh, the boys at Boeing are very subtle. They uh, decided to use Boeing 787s. So I, I think that was clearly obvious to all of us what what was going on. There you go. <laughs> I don't know whether you know this, Ben. Is that the is that the uh, the flight number they're using for uh, you know wherever they go around the world, or were they just using that for uh, here in Australian skies? It came over from Boeing Field with that call sign, so I believe they'd be using it for the whole of this uh, leg of the tour. And uh, they didn't use that last time. I can't remember the call sign they used last time, but it wasn't uh, quite as obvious. Yes. Well, uh, just a uh, quick correction to uh, some of the figures I quoted in last week's Australia desk. You know, Grant, it is quite a challenge when we're sitting on the tailgate of the PCD Umobile in a uh, cold and windy uh, parking lot, but uh, I think I mentioned last week there was uh, 30 airframes coming to Qantas. That's not quite correct. In fact, it's 50 airframes, our friends at Qantas tell us. 15-8s, uh, which are going to Jetstar, and uh, the remaining 35 will be dash 9s, and Qantas tell us that they haven't made any firm decision yet on which side of the business those uh, individual uh, airframes will be deployed to when they get here over the next uh, few years. So there we go. Mia Culper Grant, uh, I think you must have given me the wrong information. Yeah, it probably was my fault. Sorry, mate. Well, you know, easily blamed. I'll just go fall on the sword over here. But uh, just before I get to doing that, um, mate, speaking of uh, numbers taking, not really sure, Air India, the people who are probably going to fly the first commercial 787s here to Australia, uh, they're claiming they don't want to take their 787 until the compensation is sorted out. Mm, well, what compensation would that be? Oh, because it's a uh, delayed aircraft. The 787 has, has come in late. And uh, yeah, they've said they want up to a billion dollars from Boeing. And uh, Boeing, of course, are going, no way, we're not saving your airline from bankruptcy. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Air India will take their 787s on and start flying them to Australia. They're supposed to be on the uh, Delhi to Melbourne and Sydney runs. It would be quite 
quite interesting when, of course, the uh, the first aircraft to roll off the uh, the production line there in South Carolina, I believe, was destined for Air India, and uh, we were sort of touting that as being the one that we might see here first running in Australian skies. Yeah, well, not looking good for it, and also not looking good for United X Continental, who, who were going to be flying a 787 Direct from Houston to Auckland. Uh, they've canned those before they even start. Now, they're claiming it's because Southwest are boosting their number of flights into Houston Hobby Airport, and that apparently that's going to confuse people and take traffic away, and United just has to downsize a bit. I mean, hello, United's downsizing because United's downsizing. They're in trouble, and let's face it, cancelling the 787 Houston to Auckland frees it up to go and take on the 787s from Japan Airlines. So, yeah, I think their excuse is definitely just that, an excuse. But it's a shame because it's just another reason why we won't see a 787 down in the Southern Hemisphere as fast. It certainly has uh, created a lot of uh, news over the, the years that this project's been in the, in the planning, I guess, all around the world, but particularly in this part of the world where so many airlines have uh, you know, pegged their hopes on these aircraft coming into service and being far more efficient to operate, and uh, that certainly did promise a lot. And I, I guess, you know, like any new aircraft, it'll just take time to get it bedded in, and I know there's been a lot of production delays, but hopefully once they do get them pumped out and get them flying, uh, you know, it'll be a big success story. But I think we'll have to wait a few more years for that. That's right, mate. But most of the smart airlines were taking triple sevens at very discounted rates from Boeing to allow them to uh, start flying routes that the 787 would be on. I mean, the triple sevens a very economical airliner as it is. Sure, the 787's better, but as we saw with uh, Air New Zealand, they got some really good triple sevens, and that's uh, helping them kick things off and keep the world flying. Whereas Qantas seems to have just decided, well, we'll wait. We've got our A380s. We'll keep our 744s flying. And yeah, I guess they're just going for the cheaper aircraft rather than the uh, give us something else to keep us going. Well, Grant, uh, one other thing that will be going at Qantas is their old uniform. Uh, just a quick one here. Despite all of their other problems that are going on in the Qantas group and things that need sorting out, they're getting new uniforms and that'll solve everything, perhaps. Well, that's right. And the Australian designer, who lives in Paris, by the way, I think that's a pretty good touch, don't you? It's an Australian overseas. Hmm. Sounds about right for Qantas at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> you know, it's all in line. So, so Ben, uh, sitting up there in Melbourne Centre, I suppose you guys wear some really snazzy corporate uniforms. Absolutely. Um, jeans and a shirt. Uh, if you're wearing a suit and a tie, you're uh, positively overdressed. Uh, thankfully, uh, our uniform code is uh, what you would call relaxed. Well, of course, we we'll just do a few quick news articles this week because it is a significant episode apart from being else desk number 146 at least as far as we can tell it's also episode 200 so congratulations guys and uh, I tell you what uh, Grant the Airplane Geeks it certainly is the podcast that started everything for us and uh, you know we've had pretty limited success in the podcast game ever since yeah you know we've given it all our all and we've stretched out and we've done alright in our own little corner but it's all thanks to the uh, crazy guys at the Geeks you know Grant I was going through the archives before and uh, one of the things I've uh, learned over the over over the time and a lot of that's to do with having lots of discussions about microphone technology with uh, Mr. Flight. There's certainly no substitute for audio quality. Let's have a listen back to uh, some of the very, very early Australia discs. Oh. Oh, it's cringeworthy. Wayback machine. Steve Fisher here at the uh, Airplane Geeks Australia desk and uh, just bringing you uh, one article that I've come across this week which I found interesting. It's in the Herald Sun on May 28th. That's heraldsun.com.au and it's uh, entitled Qantas Chief Slams Airports. Dateline Melbourne, June 14th, 2009. G'day folks, I'm Steve Fisher at the Australia Desk and with me is Grant. G'day Grant. Hey Steve, how you doing mate? We're very good here and we've uh, survived another weekend and uh, we've got a number of stories here this week that we found interesting so uh, let's get stuck into it. Sounds good to me. 
Boy, I almost can't listen to that, Grant. How cringeworthy. Right. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's an interesting little bit in there that, uh, you know, Alan Joyce slamming the airports and now the airports are slamming Alan Joyce. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, nothing much (laughs) has changed. (laughs) Although, wasn't it one of the first Ausdesks we did, this certain story about you in Perth? It was, in fact, uh, one of the first stories I did, in fact, was bagging Tiger Airways. And, uh, you know, we've been doing the Australia Desk now for about three years and, you know, it really hasn't stopped, has it? No, we're still bagging Tiger Airways. <laughs> but we got a lot to be thankful for for the Airplane Geeks. If it had it not been for Courtney Miller encouraging me to, uh, well, actually, I started off sending in articles for them to read out. And uh, uh, I remember Courtney sending me an email saying, uh, why don't you uh, read those out? And I thought, gee, that'd be fun. I've got a good face for radio. I'll have a go at that. Well, that was because Courtney didn't want to try and pronounce Australian names. That's exactly right. And, uh, of course, uh, Grant started doing the same thing. Uh, we uh, joined forces not long after that, and uh, the rest is history. It's been a uh, We've spun our own podcast off, of course. We've done 88 episodes of our own now, uh, plus all these Australia desks. We also do uh, some work for Milford and Charlie on Flight Time Radio, and uh, it's taken us uh, all around our country here, and it's taken us halfway across the world and back to Oshkosh last year. So uh, it's been great, and uh, none of that would have happened without the airplane geeks. So thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And uh, because of what we've been doing, we've wound up with with uh, ATC Ben joining us and you know he's part of the team now and Ben you've listened to pretty much every uh, Airplane Geeks episode haven't you? I'm one of the tragics I actually went back and I've, I've listened to everyone since episode number one uh, because Grant went and found the first the missing six <laughs> I think it is episodes and uh, and this year I, I get to uh, go and finally meet all these people that I've been listening to for years and years and uh, that I, I effectively I think I know these guys and uh, now I finally get to meet them when I go to Oshkosh this year so that'll, that'll be fun to yeah. finally put a face to the name. Well, Grant, uh, just looking at the Wayback Machine there, I suppose it's time to wind up. But uh, speaking of winding things up, I, uh, I look back in the archives there, back at uh, Australia Desk for episode number 51, and it, uh, it sort of finished off sounding like this. To say, Courtney, on behalf of uh, Grant and myself, we'd just like to wish you all the very best for your uh, new job and your new career with that uh, unnamed... Good. Yep, that's how it sounded back there at uh, episode 51, and uh, now we get to do that to somebody else. No one cares. Oh, okay. Okay, Dan, we won't say goodbye to you then. No, Dan Webb is leaving us, and uh, well, we're uh, sad to see Dan go, but uh, I tell you what, uh, I always said Dan would end up running an airline. I don't know where he's going, but I'm sure that running an airline will be in his very near future. Dan, uh, we just wanted to say, uh, as much as we like to pick on you at times, and uh, what the listeners don't know is that we've had quite a few uh, over the years, very entertaining Skype calls with Dan. This is usually how it goes. Dan will call me or send me a text message and ask me some obscure question about some obscure airline that I've never heard of, or ask me some technical thing about Qantas, and I'm thinking, I've got no idea and, you know, ends up taking up half my day trying to find out. <laughs> yeah, Dan, you'll have to work all that out for yourself from now on, mate. Uh, you know, it, it has been fun and uh, we're going to miss you on the show, but it's been great to work with you and uh, seriously, uh, we wish you all the very best. We're happy for you. We're proud of you. And uh, I guess on behalf of the Australia Desk, well, uh, stay in touch, will you? Yeah, man. I mean, who else is going to give Steve weird tasks to do? I mean, I can't. He's the one who gives weird tasks to me. And when I fly internationally, who else is going to tell me about the seat pitch? We'll have to find a new co-host that knows something about seat pitch. Well, that's everything we have for you on this Australia desk. I think we'll sign off there. Uh, good luck, Dan, and uh, Airplane Geeks, here's to another 200. Yay! Woohoo! 200. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> Cheers. Ciao.